0: Oh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah, Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. Let's read, let's read that one first, and then we'll go back to it. Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 21. Now, last, last week I told you that uh, when we came together last week, this, this, the, we were talking about um, uh, in the book of Timothy where Paul told Timothy that there would come a time, and we're living in that time, when men would uh, not endure sound doctrine they would not endure uh, solid or strong teaching but that they would give themselves over to uh, uh, according to the scripture teachers to a considerable number in other words instead of you know I, I know that we believe that, that um, if we gather to ourselves as many teachers as, but now that most of you that are here in fact, can you? Do you remember where that's at? Uh, if you if you don't look it up, maybe and um, and put that scripture up. Put it up in the in the Amplified Bible, <clears throat> and then we'll, we'll. I promise we'll read this verse of scripture. But again, I, I want to be careful how I say this because I know that sometimes when when I hear preachers talk about this or I hear ministers talk about this, you kind of get the impression or you get the idea. Uh, some people get the impression that. Um, that there's, that we ought to be afraid, that somehow or another we ought to be fearful about the coming days. All right, let's look at it. Second Timothy chapter four, verse three says this, for the time is coming when people will not tolerate, tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, They will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number. Do you know that it's not really God's will for you to gather to yourself teachers one after another to a considerable number? So some of you that go through YouTube and click video after video after video after video who think you're building your faith, you're not really building your faith. But some of you, some of you don't realize this, but some of you, what you're doing is you are sabotaging what the Lord is trying to do in your life. Amen. Well, you know what? I'm so hungry for God and I just want to know so much. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's, I've, I've heard people, I've heard people say, say this. And, and of course there are some that say that uh, this is a misquoting of the saying, but it's, it's, it's really not. They, there's uh, there's some people that say, you know. I'm the jack of all trades and the master of none or they say that some are a jack of all trades and a master of none now some people think that that's a good thing and I've heard preachers get up and preach and say you know that's really a good thing no it's not it's not you know God has created us uh, according to scripture all of us are part of the body of Christ members in particular and all of us have a function do you know what you ought to be concerned about the most in your life is that you function like God wants you to function and guess what? Your function may have nothing to do with, oh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe your function is healing and, um, and healing in the sense that God wants to use you. For example, you know, we know about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, there's a gift of the Spirit that says gifts of healing, right. gifts of healing, or the gift of the working of miracles, you know, um, gifts of healing. or the gift. Say that God wants to use you in the area of the gifts of healing. Well, guess what? That may mean that you won't know snot about deliverance. Well, don't I need to know about deliverance if I'm going to do healing right? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, if, if God wants to use you in the gifts of healing, then guess what? It doesn't matter what you know about deliverance. If the gifts of healing aren't in manifestation in your life, you ain't get nobody healed. So you know what you need to be about the business of learning? How to yield yourself over to the gifts of the Spirit and to the Holy Ghost to allow the gifts of healing to flood through you and, and function there. And, and you know what? Leave deliverance to the deliverers. But you know what? There's some, there's some of you going to hear me. And like, well, I'm really just interested in it. Well, guess what? Get disinterested. Because, because some folks, they're not, they've not even begun to fulfill their purpose because they're too busy trying to get all this understanding and all this learning. And they don't realize that the enemy has, has essentially sidelined them and kept them from doing anything. Listen, this is not, these aren't things that we're, that preachers trying to preach to keep people from being built up. The Bible says that in the last days, this is what's going to happen. There's going to come a day when no one wants to just settle in and be loyal and be faithful and dedicate themselves to, to whatever it is that God is saying to them in that moment and in that time. But they will, but they will uh, you know what, I know. I know some of you are like, well, I really, I really would love to cast that bead. It seems like it would be so awesome. And I just, well, I don't know. So I just feel real good when I hear people talk about this. Well, guess what? We don't walk by feelings. Right. I know that's right. We walk by faith. Amen. Yeah. And if we're going to walk by faith, we walk by faith in what? We walk by faith in the word of God. So we've got to find, amen. 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 I know, I know something like, so where do we start? You start by finding out what God is saying to you amen and when I was when I I got born again as a teenager I wasn't wasn't necessarily uh, seeking the face of God to find out what he had for me as far as what my purpose was when I got born again I got delivered from drugs I got delivered from devil worship I got delivered from an evil spirit I mean lots of them and immediately in a Mennonite church In a Mennonite, in a Spanish Mennonite church full of the Holy Ghost, a bunch of people that didn't know, yay, you know, they didn't know, uh, come here from Sikkim, you know, it was, it was, it was crazy, but these little, these little Spanish, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hispanic, uh, some of them were Mexican, some of them were Puerto Rican, some of them were Chicanos, but these little Spanish ladies that reeked of beans and tortillas laid their hands on me, amen. They might have had a little shortening left on their fingers from, you know. (laughs) We God. Boy, they they laid hands on me in the back of that Mennonite church, and every demon spirit that had that had a. Now you know what? Not a one of them went through a deliverance class. Amen. Amen. Not a one of them had a certificate hanging on their wall from Joe Bob's Deliverance Ministries. You know, you know, you've you've completed this seminar. Now you are do you are <clears throat> you are duly. Uh, anointed and, and, and uh, appointed to, to cast out evil spirit. It was, it was, it was just these, these, these ladies that spent time with the father. Okay. They prayed until something happened. Amen. I told them they needed to pray for me. There was something bothering me. Man, they laid their hands on me. They began to pray in tongues. And all those spirits that had a hold of my life. I mean, I'd, I'd given my heart to the Lord. I'd already, I'd already prayed the sinner's prayer and, and my sins were forgiven. But these demons wanted to hang on. Well, these ladies, man, they laid hands on me. And pew, I mean, in a moment, in a moment, I was delivered from those evil spirits. Now, you know what? The first thing on my mind wasn't... Um, I wonder what my function is. Boy, I really want to preach. I really want to testify. Can I tell my story? That That wasn't the first thing that was on my heart. The first thing I wanted to know is who was it that after I was such a pain in the backside, after I'd been so resistant, who is this God that still wants anything to do with me? After I rejected him over and over and over again, after I made fun of him and his people, came and desecrated his church, his house, walked up in here and was playing Black Sabbath, you know, before church on Sunday. Man, I'd grab the guitar. I'd be playing Ozzy and Black Sabbath. Boy, I'd be up there just singing and jamming and and had it cranked up because they didn't have a distortion pedal. I just had to turn it up loud enough where the speaker would distort and I'd have a little bit of distortion. But... I get up there and here in the house of God, in the house of God, blatantly before God and all the angels of heaven, just, just totally in rebellion. But he reached out and he touched me and glory to God. I just wanted to know, I wanted to find out who he was. I wanted to find, cause you know what? I've never met anyone. I've never been, I've never met anyone that I rejected that kept on, that kept after me. If I ever rejected anyone, they were fine to reject, to reject me back. If I ever resisted anyone, they were fine to resist me back. If I hated them, they hated me. If I was ugly toward them, they were ugly toward me. But I was ugly toward God, he was never ugly toward me. I rejected him and he never shoved me away. He's kept drawing me in. I wanted to know who he was. And, and it was in the process... Now, stay with me here, y'all. It was in the process of getting to know... Who he was, that God began to reveal to me that he had something for me to do. Come on. Yeah. Okay. That he began to open up my understanding that I was supposed to, that there was that I that I was a part of the body, and that as a part of the body I had a function. Right. And that in order for me to function according to his purpose for my life. I would have to yield a part of myself that I had never, that I had never even contacted before. I had to yield my spirit. I wasn't even aware that I was a spirit, but I had to yield my spirit to His spirit. Amen. And now I know. I know this doesn't seem. Uh, is, are, are y'all okay with this? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to preach to you something you want to hear. The, the, this is this. Is, these are the these are the things that people that, that I think this scripture is talking about. They don't. People don't want to hear about things that they want to hear something flashy, something different. I was, you know, I was in my room and then an angel showed up and, and slapped me on the head. He said, "My name is my, my name my name is, is a, a free bird. I'm the free bird angel,
1: <laughs>
0: wearing a Leonard Skinner t-shirt and blue jeans." I mean, they want to hear about bells and whistles and lights and orbs. And, and, and uh, uh, I, was, I was watching a video that came out. I, I've, never, I've never told you anything or y'all anything about this. In fact, I, I screen recorded this video on my phone because I thought it was so ridiculous and so stupid. And I thought, I thought how, can, how can we in the body of Christ look at something like this and be okay with it and think this is... Great, but it was a video, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. It was, it was, it's just where we've come to, and 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 people were all, they were all about it. I mean, some of the who's who in the charismatic zoo were right there on the platform, and they were all about this. But it was, you know, uh, someone said, I want, we want Pastor So and So to share about a vision that they received. Tell them about the Gandalf vision. I was like, the Gandalf vision? Lord of the Rings? I thought, Lord of the Rings? You mean God God is so desperate to speak to people that now he has to speak through the Lord of the Rings? But you know what? That nowadays there's this idea to keep things fresh and to keep things popping. You know, there are some people, they have entire series on going to the movies with God. And they're trying to draw out spiritual concepts and spiritual ideas. from. Guess, you know what? Hey, I got an idea. Let's get those concepts out of the Bible. Right. Let's teach people how to appropriate those things into their life. You know, in the way that scripture said. Instead of trying to entertain. You know what? You get entertainment all week long, every week, for, for most of your life. For, for two hours. You know what? Now, how about you try to entertain him? Instead of trying to be entertained, why don't we try to entertain his presence and discover something by the Holy Ghost. Maybe it's something that we already know in our heads, but let's, let's pray that God will cause it to explode within our hearts with life, with light so much so that it changes us like we were changed when we got born again that we that we have a hunger and a thirsting and a desire to know the one who liberated us the one who reconciled us the one who set us free the one who set us on the right path Amen. Right. Amen. the gandalf vision and they're on the deal with this and and then they began in the name of jesus this shall not pass You remember that, Sheree? Remember that? Amen, I don't, I don't amen. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. Now, listen. Here, here's the thing. You know what? Every, you know what everybody was doing? This shall not pass. I'm like, when y'all going to break out the long white wigs and the beards and the. But it seems, like, it seems like nowadays we want to mix the Word of God with something that's going to make it palatable, that something that's going to make it better for us to hear. And I know we think it's, it's okay. But you know what? Things get lost in, in that stuff. Now all of a sudden, you know, people can have... <laughs> people believe their function is to minister to God's, you know, animal kingdom. <sighs> And that that's why they're anointed is to... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> anyway, Jesus. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Well, I'm not spitting cotton yet, but I will hear pretty soon, I reckon. The time is coming when people will not... Now, see, I'm saying this, and there's some people, well, you're so close-minded. No, I don't... You know what... Show me in scripture where there was someone that was a minister to the animal kingdom and I'll get on board. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're not finding nothing in scripture that, in fact, when you go through the entire New Testament, you talk about ministry gifts and spiritual gifts and the gifts of it. They have nothing to. Come
1: on, You're right.
0: This too shall pass is, is not, or you shall not pass. It's not in there. There's no, there's no, there's no dwarves. There's no elves. There's, there's no ring. There's no precious. It's <laughs> that now listen, you say, are you, are you, you got something against the Lord? No, I watched it. I mean, I thought it was entertaining, but to try to draw from things in a movie to, you know, to help us in, in, man, we're looking for trouble. Don't. Do y'all, can, can y'all agree with me that when you, okay, let's let's find some meaning in Pretty Woman, <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Dancing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's for the marriage retreat. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to demonstrate Bob? No, no, I didn't think so. <laughs> you run <running?
1: laughs>
0: Oh Jesus. <laughs> 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 that's a that's a part of the reason is because we keep trying to we keep trying to mix things that that uh that really don't help us to focus on the word of god but give us these false ideas and these false ideas (sighs) pretty soon we're looking for someone to tell us the next latest thing what what did he say (laughs) you know what did god say about hogwarts I mean, pretty soon, though, we'll have a talking hat in some of our services telling us, telling us what our, our anointing is. I mean, it's almost like that nowadays. We have prophet doodad, and he's going to tell you what God called you to do. You know, what What happened with you in the process of seeking the face of God, all of a sudden there was a revelation, something, and maybe you weren't even aware of it. Maybe, maybe it was something you were oblivious to, and it wasn't something that you asked God for, and it wasn't even something that you desired. You know, that's what happened to me, Charlie. I don't know about you. Uh, I, know, I, I know about Tyler. I don't know about the rest of you that maybe carry a call uh, from God upon your life. But you know what? I didn't start out wanting to be a preacher. I started I started out I started out wanting to go to heaven. I started I started out just wanting to get past the gates, just wanting to wanting to spend an eternity with Jesus. And I knew good and well that if I didn't have his help, I might not make it. Even though I accepted him as my savior, I knew good and well if he didn't help me to navigate this life that I might not make it. And so I was desperate. And while I was in desperate pursuit of him, I saw a vision. And it wasn't a vision that really gave me, you know, the warm buzzies and the numb tinglys. As a matter of fact, when, God, when I saw the vision, I don't know if I, you all have ever heard me tell this, uh, Shelly and Charlie, but um, I, I went to, I, when, I, when I got born again, oh man, I am off topic already, aren't I? I'm a little bit off of what I wanted to talk about, but... Well, I'm, I'm trying to get us there because I don't, want, I don't want to try to say something to you all and you miss out on what it is that I feel like God is saying to us uh, because I didn't prep you enough. So anyway, uh, when I got, you know, I got born again, I began to seek the face of God. I, when I got home from church that night after getting saved, my grandmother was mad at me because I got home at 11, 1130, 12 o'clock at night and it, it didn't matter. I told her I got saved. She was like, huh, she's Puerto Rican. She barely even talk English. I said I got saved, Grandma. She's like, hmm. I said you act like you don't believe me. She said you not saved. <laughs> I said I am saved. I, I prayed a prayer. I cried. <laughs> they cast devils out. I, I didn't know that they had cast devils. I, mean, I, I didn't. I, I was. Un, I, I didn't know what that was. But I was like, I did. I got. She said, No, you know, you not saved. She said, You not saved till everybody else say you saved. <laughs> I figured out I wasn't really that saved because I was like, you old coot, you know, you know what I'm saying? I was all mad at her, you know, I, 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 had, to, I had to hold my tongue to quit from cussing her
1: because
0: you know, I was born again in my spirit, but my mind was still there. See, I was, was figured it out, but that night I got home, I spent all that night up until about four o'clock in the morning in prayer. At about four o'clock in the morning, I fell asleep. I got up at about uh, eight o'clock that morning, barely caught the bus to go to school. And, and, and that's how I lived my life. I'd come home from school three o'clock. I'd pray, you know, three o'clock till about four in the morning. I'd get four hours of sleep and then go back to school. It was that way for months, for months. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to pray. Most of my, you know what most of my prayer was? Forgive me. I mean, I was already forgiven, but I, I, I didn't yet identify with who I was in Christ. I thought I had to get forgiveness every time I came before him just because I, I was waiting for that trumpet to blow. You understand? I was waiting for the... <laughs> and I figured if there was anything in my life, I was going to stay behind. Now, that wasn't right. But man, it kept, me, it kept me pursuing God. And I wanted to know him. I wanted to know him. So one day I walk in my room and I remember it's after school. I dumped my books off on the table. I went upstairs I I opened up my door, I closed my bedroom door behind me, and on that day, and on that day, all of a sudden, it was like everything slowed down. When the latch of the door, when the latch of the door went in the hole, I could hear it click, click. It was like it was slow. The Spirit of God invaded my bedroom. You say, what what was that like? All I remember is that um, my body got numb from head to toe, and it I felt like a surge of electricity was going through my body. I, I, sh- I shut my eyes when it happened, but it, you know how usually it gets dark when you close your eyes? It didn't get dark when I closed my eyes. It, it seemed like, it bright, like someone opened up a window in front of me when I closed my eyes. It just was brilliantly bright. And when I opened my eyes back up, I was in the process of falling down on the floor. I was slain in the power of this. Now, people didn't get slain in the Spirit at the Mennonite Church, so I'd never seen that before. But I was, I was falling out and I fell out and I fell on my back. I didn't feel the thump. I didn't feel the thud. I didn't hear the noise. I didn't feel any pain. I fell out on the flat of my back. And when I did, my, my ceiling turned into a giant television screen. It looked like a giant TV screen with the, you know, when, when, back in the day, when they didn't black channels out, when they weren't giving a signal, uh, you used to be able to see static or fuzz. That's exactly what it looked like on, on my ceiling. Then all of a sudden there was a picture and it was a picture of me and I was reading my Bible and in the picture I'm reading my Bible. And then I stand up uh, from reading my Bible and I'm, I'm in a suit and I'm, and then I'm going like this and I'm preaching. Then uh, I can see the crowd of people that I'm preaching to and they're innumerable. You can't see the ends of them and I'm preaching. Then all of a sudden I quit preaching. I put my Bible down on what I can assume was a pulpit and I went like this and this innumerable number of people stood up and I I lifted my hands and I put my hands toward them and when I did, many of them fell on the ground Uh, I started, that's when I started hearing something because I didn't hear nothing up until then. But I began to hear people say, I can see, I can see. I began to hear people scream out and say, I can hear, I can hear. And as I began to look across that crowd, legs where there were no legs began to grow uh, on stumps. Arms where there were no arms began to grow. Digits where there were no digits. I watched eyeballs pop into, into the sockets of people's Isaac, I began to see people get miraculously healed. And then a loud, thundering voice came out of heaven as I'm watching this and said, I've I've called you to take revival to this nation. I've called you to demonstrate the power of my spirit to your generation. I've called you to teach them to do the things that Jesus did. He said, I've called you to be an evangelist. You want to know what's funny? I didn't even know what an evangelist was. I had never even heard the word. Had never even heard the word. Well, after, when I could get off the floor, I dragged myself to the telephone and I called up my pastor. (laughs) Now, my pastor was way encouraging. I called up my Mennonite pastor and I said, Pastor, what is an evangelist? I need to know what an evangelist is. And he must have known something was going on. Because I was out of breath and I was just barely talking English. What is an evangelist? You know what his response was? He said, something that you're not. I said, "What do you What do you mean?" He said, "He said, if you're getting some kind of idea that you're an evangelist, he said, you are not an evangelist. You never will be an evangelist. He said, you are too emotional. You are too caught up in emotions. You are you are not in control of yourself. God cannot use people like you." He said, "Maybe, maybe if you go to Bible school, maybe when you're in your 40s, your 50s, sometime. In he said, but he said, you are not an evangelist." I said, I, I, "What is it?" He said, we'll talk about it some other time. And I hung up the phone with him. Thank God his wife let me know what an evangelist was later. She told me, she said, well, an evangelist, she explained what an evangelist was. And then I told her, I said, I think God told me I'm called to be an evangelist. And I told her the story. When I told her the story, she said, don't tell anyone that story. Don't tell anyone that story. And for a long time, I didn't. But but I but I heard the word. Guess what? I still didn't want to be an evangelist. I didn't understand that what God was calling me to was not. Are y'all are y'all with me? Okay. What God, I didn't understand that what God was not just calling. God, see, I didn't I didn't think like peop, some people think today that I had to leave my job and leave my leave you know school and leave all the. I thought God's called me to be an evangelist. I can do that every day on the school bus, in the cafeteria, when I'm walking down the street. In fact, I didn't, I didn't think there was need of a pulpit at all for me to do the work that God had called me to do. And guess what? There was no need for me to leave any of that stuff. And, and there was no you know, sp- specific need for me to just be behind the pulpit. All I had to do was do what he purposed for me to do. It wasn't until I was talking to my aunt in the car and she says, well, what are you going to do when you grow up? And I said, well, I'm going to be a lawyer. She said, well, why? I said, because I want money. (laughs) And I figure I can make a lot of money doing that because there are people that have done that. She was like, okay. She said, well, what kind of law are you going to practice? Are you going to practice criminal law? You know, family law? I mean, what are you going to, what are you going to do? I said, well, I don't know. You know, when you're 16, you don't care. You just want money. So... She said, because you know, what, what about be, your, being an, an attorney and being a Christian? There could be a conflict of interest. What if you're defending someone and you know they're guilty and you have to lie for them to defend them? What are you going to do then? I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to have money. <laughs> and then she said this she said, she said, Did you ever consider that God may be calling you to the ministry? I said, What do you mean, the ministry? You know, called to preach. She said, because you know what? I've been praying for you, and I believe God may have called you to be an evangelist. But when she said that, it, I was like, well, there's that word again. There's that word again. So I began to dive more into what an evangelist was, what an evangelist looked Well, Now still, I was doing the work of an evangelist. Right. Go ahead, man. I was at school, and when kids was lined up for lunch, <laughs> I'd lay hands on them and pray for them. I'd gather gather people up at tables, and I'd preach to them. Some of them wanted to hear it, some of them didn't. It didn't matter to me who wanted to hear it. Back then, I was a Rambo evangelist. I'd be like, man, I'll beat you till you see Jesus. When you see him, you'll believe in him, and then I'll raise you back, and you will accept him, and you will go merrily along your way. Oh, yeah. Now, that worked for a period of time because I didn't know nothing. God blessed me as much as he could.
1: That's right.
0: As much as I exposed myself to him, that's what, those were the areas of my life where he used me. Are y'all hearing me? Yes. But as I, as I began to grow in faith and as I began to pursue God, it became abundantly clear that God hadn't just called me to be an evangelist at the grocery store or, or, or at school, or, or that, but that God had called me to a pulpit ministry. And so finally I, I got to that place where I was like, I don't really want to do this, Lord. If I had my brothers, I'd rather, I'd rather pray for somebody else. I'd rather be supportive. In fact, that's what I did. In the beginning, I was supportive of my pastor's wife. I was supportive of her. I, I, would, I would go with her and support what she was doing in ministry. I went to a tent meeting one night. A fellow named Leon Stutzman. He was a screamer. Leon Stutzman was preaching. And man, he preached that ah! night. Boy, he preached. He was a screamer. Okay. I loved it. I loved it. He's under a tent. And uh, I loved it. But you know, you have to understand, I'm three, four months born again. Will y'all give me another little, about another half hour, 45 okay. minutes? No. <laughs> Thought I was going to ask for five minutes, didn't you? Anyway, no. Give me a little more time here, just a little more time, because this will help you if you'll hear me, if you'll hear me out, That's right. so Lee Stutzman, I'm, I'm in that tent meeting, I don't know that guy, I'm three months born again, I'm just now discovering all of these things, and he gets done preaching, he says, you son, step out here, and I, I, I stepped out, and I'm like, what's going on, he said, put your hands up in the air, I was like, <laughs> I didn't know nothing, He said, thus says the Lord. Now when he said that, I was like, what in the world? He says, thus, I'm a Mennonite kid thus says the Lord I have given you dreams and I have given you visions and I have placed my hand upon thee says the Lord and I have called thee to spread the fire of revival in the nation of the United States of America I have called you to demonstrate my power uh, to your generation I have called thee to equip my people to do the works that Jesus did son thus says the Lord I have called thee to be an evangelist and he put his hand on my head and down I went on the ground just like I had in my bedroom you know what at no point in 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 this process did i go it's okay buddy it's all right i'm not yelling at you (laughs) at no point in the process did i go out and get me a business card made evangelist sanchez At no point did I put together a promotional packet to give to pastors and to give to people. I didn't start attending all kinds of churches because I, I thought that bettered my chances at establishing my ministry and doing the work of God. Are y'all hearing me today? Go ahead now. It scared the water out of me. I think I left a little pool of water right there underneath that tent. <laughs> Do you know what I kept doing? I kept, I kept looking for his face. I kept trying to find out who he was. I knew that if there was ever any hope and any chance, listen, I know I, was, I knew I was a knucklehead. I knew that there was nothing of value that I had to offer. I wasn't so arrogant and so proud as to think that I had something valuable to offer. I knew that the only thing that I had that was valuable in my life was, was like Paul said, Jesus Christ and him crucified. His spirit was in me and that was the only thing of value that I had. If anyone was going to get anything, it would have to be God. Right. If I had my brothers, I'd rather back somebody else up. And I did that. Mrs. T, my, my, my pastor's wife, I, I went with her. she'd go to women's Bible studies. She said, "You want to go? I'm like, I'm there." I was the only guy to women's Bible study. And the Lord had spoken these things to me. I remember that first Bible study. we're sitting there, and she's teaching on the gifts of the spirit. And man, I'm am t- taking notes. I'm writing things down. I'm underlining stuff. I'm like shit. By that time, I got baptized in the Holy in the Mennonite Church. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. Boy, I'm writing it. And Mrs. T's like, now you know, she talked about the the gifts of healing working. You know what? I wanted all the, uh, just like y'all, I wanted all the fancy gifts. I don't want those jacked up gifts. I wanted the good gifts. I don't want a discerning of spirits. That's a janky gift. I want, you know, I I wanted, (laughs) that's what I, you know, I wanted some kind of, I want a miracle gift, you know, healing gifts, those kinds of gifts. I wanted them big, you know, uh, you know, (laughs) None of them are janky. But uh, you know, when you're when you're 16 years old, there you have your preferences. Not even just when you're 16, when you're 20, when you're 25. Some of you 40, some of you 45. Some of you have your preference. You have your desire. And that's, that's all it is, is your desire. And listen, there's nothing wrong with having a desire for God to use you. But you know what the most important thing for you to do is? Is to find out his purpose for you and be about the business of developing what God is trying to develop in you so you can... Be the most effective. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you get out there by yourself trying to do these things yourself, you know what you're going to find out? You can't do it yourself. Yeah. You can fake it. Yeah. You can hype people up. Right. You can shove them over. You can persuade them that something happened until that all, all that adrenaline wears off and they realize nothing happened. Yeah. 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 And that'll be good for your ego but it'll do nothing for the kingdom right. Right. are y'all hearing any of this today yeah. I know I haven't got you taking lots of notes but hopefully you'll remember this <laughs> Mrs. T Ayla, Mrs. T got up she's teaching on that she got, she got done she says now she said let's let the spirit do what he wants to do here today and right away I'm sitting there and all of a sudden my ears went to ringing and they clogged up and I couldn't hear a thing I'm like, what? So I popped my ears open. I did that and immediately it happened again. So I popped my ears open. Then the Spirit of God came upon me and my ears clogged up again and the Lord said, deaf. Okay. I only heard that one word, deaf. I was like, I was like, Lord, are you trying to tell me there's someone here who's deaf that needs a healing? <laughs> so I was like, Mrs. T., She's, <laughs> Mrs. T's like, uh, yes, Chaggy, they, they called me Shaggy yes, Chaggy, what do you, what do you want, Chaggy I said, I think, I, I think the Lord has told me something she said, what's he telling you, I said, that someone here is deaf and he wants to heal them That's right. well, the lady that was playing the piano stops playing the piano, I mean, we're in the basement of someone's house she's playing the piano, she stops playing the piano, she says I'm, I'm completely deaf in my right ear she says, and I've got a lot of loss in this other ear. She said, I'm, I'm the one you need to pray for. This is before Mrs. T could say, no, don't, you know, you're wrong or something. You know what I mean? And so I was like, well, when you're a Mennonite kid and never seen nothing, you don't know, you don't know what to do. And so I said, well, I, I did what the guy in the tent did. I said, well, come over here, stand up here and I'm going to pray for you. And so I got up, Mrs. T was going with me, and as we walked toward this lady, I never even got my hands on her. I got about this far from her, as far as I am from Cherie. The power of God hit her. She fell out on the floor. Under the, in fact, she knocked over a, a pitcher and, and glasses that, were, that had water in them, and uh, she hit the tray, knocked it onto the floor. The glass hit the floor, and uh, bro- it broke into millions of pieces, and she fell out on the glass. Mrs. T was like... And 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 she almost looked at me like, look what you did. <laughs> and all the ladies came over and they're cleaning up water and they're gently lifting her off of the glass and they're, they're sweeping away the glass and and they're like, is she is she cut? Listen, not even her clothes were were cut with the glass. Nothing, no cut, no nothing. And, and the lady's crying and she's just sobbing and she's weeping and they got her up. They thought she's crying because she fell on the floor and hit her head or something or she got cut with the glass. But finally they sat her down. They said, are you okay? It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. She says, I know it's going to be all right. She says, I can hear. She said, my ear popped open. She says, and this other ear I'm hearing clear out of. I was like, glory to God. Miss T looked at me like, don't be getting your big head. You know what, Mrs. T did. Mrs. T, she did In fact, all the way when she is driving me back to the house, she didn't say a word. She just, she just looked. You know what? I'm gonna tell you something. When God really begins to work in the life of an individual, it's not like we're seeing nowadays where people can come. You know, you, you. I know that some of you don't really don't really realize this or don't understand this but you can't have a move of God and have a real move of the spirit and have God touching people and really healing people and delivering people and giving people miracles and people truly getting filled with the spirit and the, and the spirit of God being poured out and everybody leave that place exactly the same When God shows up, it doesn't matter whether he used you or he used somebody else. It will, it, will, it, will, it will launch you into a place that you're not accustomed to. A place that you're not familiar with. All of a sudden, it'll be like you got the, the thousand yard stare. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. That's what happened with Mrs. T. I didn't say nothing to her either. We were just there, just rolling that around in us. What had what happened to us. What God had done. And you know what? It was only one thing. We've got people claiming that God is doing thousands of things through their ministry. But nobody leaves, nobody leaves chains. We just go out and we... Come on. We gorge on Waffle House and plan to meet up so we can go to the next event. We've got to be hungry and thirsty for something more. Yeah. For something more than things that are appealing to our ear and, appeal. what if what God wants to do with you is not appealing to you? what if it 's not what you wanted to do? what if you don 't get to be the apostle? What if you don't get to be the prophet? What if you don't get to heal the sick and cast out devils and raise the dead? What if, what if all you get to do is lock yourself in your prayer closet, get in the glory of God and pray for someone else for God for God to use someone else to do those things, and that 's your purpose. What if that's what he called you to do? What if that's your function, to prop up every preacher, to prop up every... See, some of you, you don't even want to go to church unless there's a hope of you getting in front of that church and behind that pulpit and doing something. Are you all hearing me today? And do you, know why, do you know why it's that way in the church today? Because we don't endure sound doctrine. Because we keep bringing people to tell us what we want to hear. We heap unto ourselves teacher after teacher after teacher. And we go to prophet after prophet until they tell us what we want to hear. Instead of what God is saying. Amen. Go ahead, man. Amen. Right. Preach. That's right. And you know what? It's not that all these people are false prophets. They all have good intentions. They want to encourage the body of Christ. They want to encourage people. They want to keep people moving down the path. What, they don't, what many of them don't realize is that they're not helping. Right. 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 Do you know how many times I've gone to a place and God has given me a word for people and the word is this? People have told you lots of stuff. Lots of stuff has been prophesied over you. Not one bit of it has come to pass and you're discouraged because of it. And those people, they weren't trying to lead you astray. They had good intentions, but God doesn't function by good intentions. God has a word for you. Turn to someone and tell them God has a word for you. God word. Listen, God has a word for you. God has a word for you. I'm, you, listen, you need to know it right now. God has a word for you, and he's looking for an opportunity to declare that word over you, to let you know what it is that he's saying, so that he can bring it to pass in your life. Glory to God. But I'm going to tell you right now, some of you are going to have to do something different than what you've done up to this point in time, because what you've done up to this point in time isn't working. Right. God has a word for you. God has a word for you. You know, there have been other people that have tried. You know, when the Lord called me, he said, he he told me specifically, he said, I've called you to this nation. You know, when he told me that, you know what he was saying? Now, he didn't say it through the mouth of the prophet, but he said it to me in my my spirit. When, When he said, I've called you to to spread the fire of revival in the nation of the United States of America. And you know what, you know what resonated in my, he said, and nowhere else. (laughs) In other words, you know what he's telling me? He said, in fact, he, he finally told, he said, you will never go out of this nation to preach. I will never take you out of this nation to preach. Never. You know how many people have tried to prophesy me to Africa? Argentina Colombia India Pakistan (laughs) people trying to prophesy me out of this country and you know what I know I know the minute it starts coming the Lord says he's going to take you to the nations I know good and well it's a lie now you know what those people that are declaring it it's not that they're not prophets it's just that they're well-meaning. They, they, sometimes we look in the natural. Listen, when you have a gift, you don't, you don't observe in the natural. Gabe was telling me the other day, some people was prophesying over him and they, you know, all they knew was that he was worship director at Winner's Church, that he traveled with his father and led worship. So guess what their word was about? Well, you know what? Gabe, don't need to hear nothing about that. He's doing that. But you know, had they looked him square in the eyeballs and said, you're worshiping now, but thus says the Lord, you know that i put my hand upon thee and called thee to preach the God. Listen, then he'd have come home and said, man, someone prophesied over me and they told me what God said. Because right. that's not the thing that everybody pegs Gabe with. Isn't it weird how when you go to apostolic conferences, there's something apostolic about your purpose? Don't you think it's unusual that at prophetic conference, all of a sudden, there's something prophetic in nature about what you're going to do for you? You're a seer. You're a dreamer. You're an interpreter of dreams. Man, I thought there was a spirit-filled church. Y'all have got quiet on me. Heck, I mean, I'm, I'm 50, maybe 15 minutes longer than what a normal church would be. And there's some people, they, they're, they're, they're having trouble right now. They're in a panic. They're like, when we go get out of here? I mean, the last church we went to, they had it on a schedule. What if we never get out of here? What if we all get up to leave and we all get slain under the power of the spirit? What if the Spirit of God moves on one of us and, and through that one, God says, like it happened with Pastor Annie, Spirit of God jumped on her earlier this year and, okay, we're coming back tonight. And then we ended up coming together for three and a half months yeah. every day, Amen. Every day. Amen. no matter who showed up.
1: Right.
0: Heck, they all went to Asbury. We all came here.
1: Right.
0: They had no idea we was having, what was happening here. That broke out over there. Now, why? Why is it? See, I don't care. We don't need 100,000 people coming through here. I mean, if that's what God wants to do, so be it. Oh, yeah. Well, praise God.
1: But you know, some people,
0: that's what they want, that's their desire. All right, they'll, they'll gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors that they hold. Now, run over there to Matthew. I'm going to read this, but I'm not going to preach it. We'll, we'll try to hit this next week. Okay. All right, Anna? All right. Remind me. <laughs> if I get up here and I don't go to the scripture next week, say, Pastor, you said we might, and I'll, if, 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 just remind me. Matthew chapter 7, is that right? Is that where we took it? Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he, look what it says. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. You got to do his will. You got to fulfill his purpose. You got to fulfill his, you got to do his will. Brandon, God has a word for you. Lindsay, God has a word for you. Look at someone. Tell them God has a word for you. You ought, you ought to want to hear it. You ought to be doing everything you can do to hear what God is saying about you right now. You say, well, God, God talked to me back in 1922. Yeah, but he might, have changed it. he might have changed a little bit of what he said to you in 24. Because when I started out, I started as an evangelist. I was ministering healing to the sick. And then one day the Lord said, I don't want you putting your hands on sick people no more. I just want you to listen to what I'm telling you. Lord. I'm like, okay. So I quit. I just quit having these mass altar calls and praying for sick people all the time. I mean, listen, it was awesome too, Carolyn. It's awesome to run down the line of people slap them on the head and watch them get healed. Amen. It's, awesome to, it's awesome to be able to grab people up out of a wheelchair and know that they're going to walk. Amen. Just yank them right up saying, the name of Jesus, get over it. glory to God. There's nothing, there's nothing like putting your fingers in the ears of a deaf person knowing when you pull your fingers out, you're the first voice they're going to hear. Right. To yank a handkerchief off a blind person's eyes and know you're going to be the first one they see. Amen. There's nothing like it. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to stop doing it when God starts doing that with you. You just want to keep on. Amen. But the Lord said, I want, do, I want you to do that. See, that's how I had to live my, okay, what, what do you want from me now? Just, tell you, just, just do what I tell you to do. That's when I started seeing in the spirit and I'd see people start to glow. Sometimes entire congregations of people would do, you know how, when I call people out to pray for them, I only call them out because I see something on, sometimes I see a big bright light. Sometimes it's so bright, the whole, everybody disappears in the room, except for that person. Sometimes it's like a cloud and the cloud surrounds. When the Lord told me Annie was my wife, that the cloud rolled into the building that morning or that evening. Cloud rode into the building and the only one I could see in the whole building was her. I thought the Lord was going to have me tell her something. I'm like, what well, do you want me to tell her, Lord? I was about to tell her to step in the aisle. He said, that is your wife. And I was like, uh-uh. I'm like, that can't be right. You know, that got me in the flesh kind of. I was like, no. No, because then the clouds started going out. That's all he had to say. That was what he, he wanted to tell me something. So that was all he told me was that what was supposed to be I'm like, Lord, she ain't even serving you. She ain't even living for you. I'll tell you, it was on, it was on July 11th,
1: 1986.
0: Some of y'all know what I'm doing right now. I got me some points right there, brother. July 11th, 1986. I was so, Ms. Rhonda, I was so shaken up by that word. I was like, I, I, I had been preaching and I, I was like, Lord, just bless your people as we go in the name of Jesus. Amen. And everybody, everybody was like, what happened? I dismissed everybody. And I'm walking down the aisle. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm pondering this. This didn't seem to fit into the sinner girl, preacher man.
1: Come on now.
0: Yeah, I'm back to zero now. As I get to the back of the church, her cousin's walking out of the aisle. I'm like, hey, Sophie, how are you? She's like, oh, I'm good. There's Marianne. I said, hey, Annie, how are you? I went to shake her hand. Tears started streaming down her face. I said, you're not serving the Lord, are you? She goes, no. I said, say this prayer with me. We prayed a sinner's prayer. I walked out of that building. I was like, my God, that's my
1: wife. (laughs)
0: Two months later, I tricked her into going out with me. <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> you know, God wants, to, God wants to lead and direct us in ways that, that don't have anything to do with our natural man, our natural feelings. All right, let's, again, Not everyone that says, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right. Verse 22, and
0: I'll finish with this. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I'm going to talk about that verse of scripture and some things. In fact, the next, go to the next verse. Therefore, say therefore. Therefore. Now see, back in the 80s when I first started in church and there were charismatic, a lot of charismatic churches and guys would be preaching, they'd say, when you come across the word therefore, you got to find out what it's there for. And so therefore means you have to take into consideration what was just said. So what was just said? What was just said was many will prophesy, many will do this, many will do that. And he'll say, depart from me ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. So this has to do with what he just said. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. In other words, if you'll get a word from God and do it, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Next verse. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. That's right. now, now, I know some of y'all, wait a minute, just five more minutes. Oh, yeah. Next verse. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. See, right now you're thinking, "Oh yeah, if you get a word from God and trouble comes. No, the rain blew, the wind blew, the floods came. The winds blew. Say, the floods came. The floods came. Say, the wind, blew. the wind blew. Now, when we talk about floods and wind in Scripture, what do, what do floods and winds signify most of the time in Scripture? The Spirit. The Spirit. The Spirit. The The Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Well, now see, now I know that this can be taken to mean troubles and struggles, but I'm going to tell you something. When you have a word from God and the spirit of God begins to move and manifest, do you know what you're, what you're not going to be founded on? You're not going to be founded on the flood and the wind. Right. You're going to be founded on what God said. And guess what? You will not, you will not be shaken or moved, not even by the, do you know how many people's lives have been shipwrecked? because the move of the spirit came and they weren't founded on what God told them. They was too busy getting fire tunneled. Prophesied over. Nothing wrong with those things. As long as you settled on what God said to you. What about your purpose? What about what God said to you? See, when the wind blows and the rain comes and the floods come, whether it's the rains of the Spirit or the rains of tribulation and trouble, if you're not founded on what God said, you're going to be shaken off of what, you're going to be shaken off of it. And there are just as many people that I've seen in the ditch who didn't define what God was saying to them that when the move of the Spirit came, they ended up in a mess under leadership and under people they shouldn't have sat under right. under the influence of people they should have never been influenced by putting in their request to visit Christmas city in heaven but when you don't have a word from God you know, you know what happens when you don't have a word from God when you don't have a word from God If it's it's good wind or bad wind, if it's good flood or bad flood, you're going to get swept away by whatever it is that comes. But we want to remain established. We want to remain established where God put us. Stand up all over, will you? Does this help anybody here today? I'm going to go into that some more because what I was going to talk about today... What I was going to talk about today was uh, discernment and how we develop a discerning spirit. Not, not, a, not a busybody. Not, not that you know. Not that stuff that people like. Well, you know, there's something about that. I can't put my finger on it, but I don't feel right. That's not discernment. That's, that's, that's stupidity. That's foolishness. Discernment is when you when you perceive by the spirit. You know, remember that woman, that woman at the well with Jesus? She looked at Jesus. She said, I perceive you're a prophet. Yeah. That was something that happened in her, in the innermost part of her being. Remember when Paul was getting ready to go on that journey, when they locked him up and they were taking him to stand before Caesar and he said, I perceive that our journey will not be without trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. That was something that was in his, in his spirit. In his spirit, he, he perceived, amen. In fact, the Bible talks about it. The Bible says, said through the prophet Isaiah, hearing people won't hear and seeing they won't perceive. Or in other words, they'll have no discernment. Isaiah again says this, God said this, behold, I do a new thing. Will you not know it? Will you not perceive it? Will you not discern it? And so evidently, there's a place where God's people ought to be where we can discern by the Spirit. Now, now here's the thing about discernment. Sometimes you can discern things by the Spirit, but if you're not established on the Word of God, even what you perceive doesn't help you. That woman at this at the at the at the well of samaria she perceived jesus was a prophet but didn't do her didn't do her lick of good in getting her living water because she perceived something but she didn't go with her perception she went with her questions about religion paul he said i perceive this journey is going to be bad and you know what they said we're voting you down we're going anyway Thank God he had favor with God because he went in prayer and by the time he came out of prayer, he's like, Brothers, be of good cheer. We're losing everything but none of you are going to die because the Lord spoke to me. Amen. Amen. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. How do, how, how, you, how do you develop that? How do you develop the ability to rightly discern, to rightly divide? to really understand those things that God wants you to be involved with and those things you need to step away from it's and it's a very it's it can be a very slippery slope for some because we have such a strong desire and such a strong hunger for the move of the spirit and sometimes we let that desire get the best I mean look at look at us in the natural hard for us to say no to, to ice cream I mean I can't tell if I got up here and said, now y'all pray for me because you know, I'm a real picky eater and, uh, and you know, because I'm a picky eater, you know, I feel like that uh, <laughs> you can see I'm not a picky eater. I, I think I may have saw saw a, uh, a TikTok of Dr. Nauzardin telling some woman and she, she was like, you know, I don't want to be malnourished. He's like... You think you're malnourished? You're 600 pounds. You're not malnourished. And you're not a picky eater. he was talking about being a picky eater. You're not a picky eater. Picky eaters don't weigh 300 pounds. You understand? 600 pounds. (laughs) We don't make good choices when... We don't make good choices... Given the option for vegetables and donuts, I'm almost always going to go for the donuts. Bring a vegetable tray, bring a fruit tray, I'm going for the fruit. Bring a vegetable tray, a fruit tray, and a pie, I'm going for the pie. You know what I'm saying? Not the, not the, not the best choice. So think about the things in the spirit. Miracles or intercession? (sighs) Healing or temple ministry? (laughs) Children's church or big church? had anybody beg me to let them do children's ministry. I never, I've never had someone say I've got to do children's ministry pastor I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm so passionate about it. But you know what I have had people say? I'm so passionate about going and, and, and ministering healing to the sick and I just feel like if I don't get to do it I'm going to burst. Never had that for children's ministry. I wonder why we don't have that for kids' ministry. Well it's because we don't we some of us don't have a word from God there but if we did it doesn't change your mind right away but once he gets a hold of you boy you know it amen God has a word for you he has a word for you today let's believe that he's going to speak that that to us Uh, it's not his will for you to heap upon yourself teacher after teacher let's get away from that let's get away from I'm not saying don't listen to nobody. I'm saying get away get away from those things that aren't feeding what God said to you. Right. Now you say, but I don't know what God said. Well, then you know what? You shut everybody down That's right. until you find out what God said. Until you find out what God said. I mean, if you if you attend this church, this is where you're at. You know, Cherie, uh, Cherie's called to be an evangelist and we were talking one day and as we were talking, the Lord spoke to her and said, shut everybody off. She started unfollowing people. It it doesn't make me feel better that she quit following all these other people. It didn't make me feel like, (laughs) (sighs) amen. Now, I wish she could follow anyone she wants to follow. But the Lord spoke to her and was like, you need to get settled in on what I'm telling you. I wanted to follow after Brother Hagin and go into his school. The Lord said, don't go. If you go there... I can't do everything I want to do with you. You know, some of us have actually hung out with people that don't lead to the fulfillment of our purpose. In fact, that if we keep following after them, it'll ruin what God wants to do in us. That's right. Because what those, what, what, whatever they're preaching, whatever they're carrying, it might be right, but it's not right for us. It doesn't develop in us what is necessary. You talk to Michael about just the physical things. He's done a lot of research on there's a way that he is done and, and he's off and on. You know, he'll tell you himself. Sometimes I've seen him sit in front of a big fat piece of chocolate cake like on Matilda. <laughs> he's like that kid Brucey man. He was in it with both hands. He's looking at us going
1: "Mm-hmm, mm, yeah, it's good.
0: But he's learned a lot about how certain things affect your body. You know, some people will introduce things into their body. He won't introduce into his body because he's not trying to accomplish the same thing they're trying to accomplish. You know, there's some people that are bodybuilders. They introduce certain things into their diet, certain things into their regimen that he's not doing because that's not what he's trying to accomplish. He's doing something else. If you're a cross country runner, you're not going to get on Michael's regiment. He wants, his, he wants to look good. That's his whole purpose. He wants to look good naked. <laughs> Some of us don't care. You know, you know what I'm saying? Some of us, we're covered up all the time. We don't care. But Twilight, she's a cheerleader. She's like, yeah, yeah, rah, rah, go, go. <laughs> Don't tell us how we know that. But anyway, (laughs) marriage retreat was kind (laughs) of crazy. I'm playing. But you get the the point, right? I mean, have you ever seen a runner that was big and bulky look like a wrestler? No. They train for endurance. They're super light. You ever seen them girls that play volleyball? from the waist down, man, they look like Hercules. Big old legs, man. It's like, my God. They train a certain, you you get it? Bicycle riders train a different way. Swimmers train a different way. Yeah, I mean, if you're (laughs) doing eating competitions, (laughs) then you look kind of more like me. (laughs) <laughs> I've never fooled anyone into thinking I was fit well maybe I have you know I'm not in as bad shape as I, I, I you know I, I mean I got lots of fat but I'm, I have a lot of endurance how many of you have received this today has it helped any of you father we thank you for your word elders will you come? some of you that are elders come an elder and you can pray for some folks. Come up here. We're going to pray for some of y'all. We're going to believe God with you. We're going to agree with you that God's going to give you a word. Amen. (laughs) That as as He gives you revelation, as He speaks, that's going to cause you to become more settled and grounded in all that He's called you to do. Listen, if you need prayer today, we won't pray for you. So we're gonna, we're gonna pray a prayer, and we're not gonna dismiss out of his presence, but we're gonna turn y'all loose to go. You can come and find someone to pray with you uh, if you need prayer. Please uh, avail yourself to the prayer that's being given today. We don't we're not just these folks up here, we're not just making noise. We're touching heaven. We're believing God. Amen. And so Uh, Let's pray together, and then we're going to let these folks pray. So uh, uh, you can hang out in fellowship if you want. Just kind of keep it, you know, a little bit quieter so that we don't take away from what's happening here at the altar. But Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for what you've said. We thank you for what you've done, for what you're doing, what you're going to do in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What's this fellow's name What's your name again? Dominic. Man, I see the spirit of God on you, Dominic. I feel like the Holy Ghost just spoke to my heart and said that as I was preaching, as I was ministering, there's there like a quickening that was, a uh, quickening is a coming to life. Something was like, it was like fluttering to life in you. You know, probably the best way it would be described would be by a woman who's carrying a baby and it starts moving around in her. There's something that is, has that is, uh, been released by the Spirit. And I, I hear the Lord telling me to tell you this. You're about to get your word from God. God's about to give you direction. He's about to give you some ideas about the purpose for which you were created. I, I, I hear the Lord saying that you have it in your heart to function on the level that you heard preached on here today. And so I hear God saying, because you have that desire, the Lord says, He is stepping toward you today in the name of Jesus. And as the Spirit of God steps toward you, His Spirit comes upon you, and God's grace and God's favor is being released in you and upon you to deliver you to a higher place, to a place where you hear and you know the voice of God where you hear what it is that he's saying, and you act upon the word that you receive in the name of Jesus. So Father, I thank you today. I thank you for what you're doing in my brother. And I loose your spirit upon him now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I hear God telling me he's about to take you on a journey you've never been on before. I hear the Lord saying that you're familiar. You're familiar with certain ways it's almost like I hear the Lord saying that you become acquainted with religion. But I hear the Lord saying that uh, you're not, you're, God says it's not religion he's calling you to. The Lord says it's his presence. It's living in his presence. It's a relationship. And I hear God saying that you've gone through the, you've gone through the motions, motions at some time in your life of trying to follow the rules of religion. But God says his spirit is coming upon you. And the Lord says you're no longer going to try to live by rules. But God says you're going to get caught up in his presence. And the Lord says you're going to get so caught up in his presence. And in a relationship with him. That the Lord says all of the guilt that you've carried around about not following the rules. Is going to fall off of you. And the Lord says you're going to leave out of this place today. With a greater measure of joy than you've known. And that you've seen in your life. In the recent past, I hear God saying this He says, The days of the burden and the heaviness, they're behind you, they're over. The Lord says, You're getting ready to enter into a season of fruitfulness and a season of joy because God's Spirit is invading your life today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, pray with me in the spirit for a few minutes. Listen, if you have to go, you can go. If you have to go, you can go. Will y'all stretch your hands toward Pastor Annie? Because I just heard, I heard the Lord tell me that she's about to get a word from God. (laughs) You, You know what I hear the Lord saying? Mama, I hear the Lord saying, you've been aware that God has been drawing close to you to say something to you. The Lord says when he says it, you're going to act swiftly upon it. And, and the Lord says this, the Lord says, what you thought would take a long time is not going to take a long time. The Lord says, what would, what you, what you, in your mind would seem to take a long process and a long period of time. He, he told me to tell you this. He said, you don't know it, but you've been in the process all along. And God says, I've been working in you to do what is necessary to do a quick work. And so I hear God saying this. He says, get ready. He says, because once you hear my word, the Lord says, he says, for you, it's not going to be like a, you know, some people say, we'll, we'll say this. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. But I hear God telling me to tell you this. You're going to sprint. The Lord says, you're going to run and you're going to run fast in the name of Jesus. And so my ramande my rodriok, de besia. Lord tell me to tell you you're ready to hear what he has to say and because you're ready to hear it the Lord says it's going to become clear to you in the name of Jesus I loose that to you now and Lord we thank you for it in Jesus name in Jesus name amen thank God hallelujah praise the name of the Lord praise the name of the Lord hallelujah 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 For us abundant in Maradric Kelly gerecia. Tandran de Maradric. Salfade de dieti. Lana chitala Baris Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Praise God. Christ is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful Come on now So why? So why would he fail? He won't. Amen. He won't fail. Praise God. He won't fail. He's not going to fail you, church. Listen, I love you. I appreciate you. We're back here on Wednesday night. Who knows, man? I I might just go ahead and preach on Wednesday. We'll just see how the Holy Ghost leads us. But uh, Wednesday night, seven o'clock. Chale fridia, boy, I feel the spirit of God. Now listen, I know, I know. There's some of you that are like, Pastor, you hear something from me? I, I understand. But listen, let I, I really believe we got to let the spirit of God work in us. Some of us, we got to, we got to become more reliant on what we hear the Holy Ghost saying to us. I want you to, I want you to get a word from God, and then me come behind God and confirm it. That's what I'm wanting to see. I want. I want, to, I want to start prophesying to you and you go, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Yes. Pastor, that's exactly what God told me 25 minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I want. That's what I'm... I believe that's where we're headed. Uh, just as a whole, as a church. Not, not just our church, but the church as a whole. So Wednesday, we're here at 7. Friday night outreach, uh, 7 o'clock. Where will it be this week? Huh? Hospital. They'll be in the hospital. Uh, uh, Bricktown is this, this week so okay Bricktown this week you say what do you do we, we minister to the law we win the lost we give hope to the hopeless we're in Bricktown ministering the gospel every other Friday